My name's Chris, one of the pastors here, and thankful that we get to spend some time today in the Word uh, talking about labor, and, uh, and I was excited as we left last week. We uh, shared in a time where we considered a message entitled, Who Am I to Care?, and really poses the question of who am I as an individual to care? You know, I'm, it's not about my own ability. It's about the Lord working through us. And who am I to care for others? Because we all have significant need. We all have something going on in us, whether we want to uh, identify that or not. There's need there. And as you just saw in the Stephen Ministry video, we presented Stephen Ministry last week. We commissioned Lori Kraft as a Stephen leader and uh, just excited for the response from you, the church. Uh, we have been praying for a few individuals, and we probably should have increased our prayer to a greater a number of individuals, but you responded. And, uh, and there's still opportunity. If you're curious about what Stephen ministry is, what it entails, how you can minister to others, there's opportunity for you to find out more. Lori's not here today. She's backpacking somewhere uh, up north. Uh, but you can go back to the Stephen Ministry uh, corner back there. There's a sign-up, and she's having an info information meeting on the 14th of this month, and you can ask any question there that you have, and then after that meeting, we'll engage in uh, the rest of the application process and interviews and, uh, and what it takes to volunteer as a Stephen minister. So we're thrilled about that, and we're excited about our first class of Stephen ministers going through this fall and uh, to be ready to minister uh, in um, the first quarter of this next year. So today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. So I invite you to turn there. We're going to be spending our time there. We're going to read part of this chapter. I'm going to encourage you to read the rest of it later to really get the full picture, the full scope of what Paul's getting at in really one of the best uh, scriptures about resurrection, just this tightly packed uh, conversation about resurrection in there. And so I encourage you to look at that later, but we're going to walk through part of it today. How many of you were with us last Sunday, whether in person or online, just by a show of hands? Okay. All right. So last Sunday, um, I did not have the same translation I was looking at here on the screen. And I am very much a perfectionist when it comes to those things. And so it drove me crazy. But here's the thing, like I briefly mentioned last week, in first service, I knew that was the case and I was going to fix it after first service, but I forgot. And so it wasn't until I stood here and you may have noticed a quick panic look on my face of like, no, I didn't change it. So it was driving me absolutely crazy knowing that I had put the, a different translation, a Bible translation in here than uh, what was there, uh, bringing maybe confusion and uh, wondering why I didn't have my act together. So it was a good humbling moment for me. So today, as we go into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I think we have our, our, our issue fixed. So we're going to put up verse 58. We're going to start in verse 58. So let's uh, look at That's not going to work for me. Uh, some of you may be much more intelligent. Let's try, let's try the next slide. I think this is, there we go. This is going to work for us today. Here we go. So verse 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And in the letter to the Colossians, Paul said something similar to this when he said this in chapter 3. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. 
since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So this Labor Day weekend, as we consider labor, work, we want to look at a couple of truths that we can just um, uh, pull out of these passages and really the rooting, the, the undercurrent of what and why we work, why we labor. So four things as we consider this. The first three we're going to walk through pretty quickly. The first thing is this, is number one, the work you do matters. So I want you to hear that clearly now and later is that what you do work-wise matters. Now that may be unpaid work, it may be paid work. It may be something you do at home or somewhere else. The work you do, whether it's for a boss or a corporation, a business, your family, the work you do matters. Now, just a simple example here. Anyone remember the dugout uh, that was here in town a long time ago? Okay, I used to work there. When I was in high school, I worked at the dugout. And uh, anyone eat at the dugout in maybe like the, the mid-90s? Okay, so if you ate there in about the mid-90s, uh, I may have washed your dish, or I may have made your food, okay? Does it matter that I washed the dish as well? Yes. You're like, did I have food poisoning back in the mid-90s? Same thing with food, right? If, did I cook, does it matter that I cooked your food fully when you ate there or anywhere else? Yes, this matters. And your work matters. Whatever it is that you do, whether you work with numbers or people, whether you are um, back tucked away by yourself or whether you're constantly engaging, whatever it is, you're moving things, you're doing things, your work matters to other human beings whether you feel like it has that much impact or this much, but most importantly, it matters to God. The second thing, the work of the Lord is whatever you do. That pretty much includes everything, right? The work of the Lord is whatever you do. So what you do, what you put your hands, your mind, your heart, your body towards is work. It matters, and it's for the Lord. And the third thing there, is when we work, we serve Jesus. You may have just had a week where you are grumbling about your boss. You don't work for your boss. I mean, your boss pays you and you know, allows you to keep your job. That's important. But you work and you serve Jesus. What if we had that perspective when we did work? When we're doing whatever it is and we're like, I mean, we wouldn't be doing that if, we were focusing on serving Jesus. What if we changed our perspective? And I love how many people have talked about this throughout time, about how Mother Teresa was asked, why in the world does she work with the poor in Calcutta, the downtrodden, the outcast? And she simply said, I get to meet Jesus every single day. I love that. She was looking at men and women and children not just in their condition and the reality that it was, but that they were Jesus. Her motivation, her heart was Jesus. She was serving the Lord in whatever she did. When she was working, she was serving Jesus. And so what if we took that mode, that mentality, that prayer, is that the reason we're doing our job is to serve Jesus? It could really change a lot of things. But the last thing I want to focus on here and spend our time together in is this point number four, is that we labor in the Lord, not for the Lord. 
There's a radical difference here. If we look back at the passage that we just read from 1 Corinthians, it says this. It says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So our American mindset is we're always working for someone or something. It's just the way that we're molded and shaped. It's the work ethic that's been put in you. But here, Paul's saying your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And there's a large difference between working for the Lord and working or laboring in the Lord. Just a couple thoughts with this. Is when we labor for the Lord or for anyone else, we expect something in return. I imagine most of you who have a job, you're expecting a paycheck, right? Most of you aren't like, nah, you keep it this week. It's yours. This was a joy to me. See, you're working for something or for someone. And often when we work for someone or for something, it's frustrating and we have exhaustion and it can be joyless. We're like, good thing I have a paycheck. Man, ugh. I mean, that's our motivation for. And when we labor, we labor to please or to get that paycheck. Often what we do is we question why if no one notices. Well, I did that, and why didn't no one notice this? Someone should notice this. I need some, some acclaim or maybe a pay raise or maybe a pat on the back. Or if our results are not immediately seen or evident in our work, we question why. And we look at our own ability of like, maybe I need to go back to school. Or maybe I just need to be trained better or I need a better environment, whatever it is. This is what I'm working for the Lord or anyone else. And often, too, I'm disappointed when the results are not what I expected. And I also want the glory. I want the praise. We're humans. Like, we want the encouragement. This is when we work for the Lord or we work for someone else. But when we labor in the Lord, this is a radically different thing because Paul talks about being in Christ. It's a positional statement, is that we are in Christ because of something which we'll get to in a short while. But when we labor in the Lord, our fulfillment comes when God gets the glory. When he becomes more and I become less. Like, yeah, I put all this effort and time into this, but it's okay, God got the glory. I don't need it. I find my rest in the Lord. I experience his presence and his strength. And the results aren't my responsibility. As I put in all my effort and my time, and, and I, I do my best, but the results are left up to the Lord when I'm laboring in him. And again, I humble myself to be filled by Christ. So here we are talking about work and the concept of working for the Lord versus in the Lord. And this comes in a passage we just read, verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. But again, there is a key word there. It is the word therefore. So he's summarizing his thoughts with the statement that we just said about working in the Lord, laboring in the Lord, not in vain. So I think we need to go back to verse 1 to give a perspective of why he said this and why we labor in the Lord, how we have the opportunity to labor in the Lord, to do the work we do, whatever it is, for the Lord. What is our motivation? What is it that causes us to move forward? 
We're going to see this right here. Verse 1 of chapter 15. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, when you receive, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Verse 3, for what I received I passed on to you is first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to scripture. And he appeared to Caiaphas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So what he's saying, he's saying, hey, go talk to people. They saw him. And he says, then he appeared to James, to all the apostles, and the last, he also appeared to me as one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. So Paul saying, I did a whole lot of work. I worked hard. But the reason I worked hard was because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus's death, because of his burial, because of his resurrection, And what Paul is parking on in this chapter is resurrection. He's saying resurrection matters. Resurrection matters. And the reason we do work, the reason we labor is because of resurrection. Because there have been many people who have come along who claim to be a Messiah, taught things, and died. And Paul's saying there's one who was buried and risen. He's saying this is of the first importance, the utmost importance. He says that we know the life we know now, that there's not an end. And he continues in verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. So obviously Paul is going against people who are saying, no, Christ didn't, he didn't raise from the dead. And so Paul is saying your faith is useless if that's true. Verse 15, more than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, from the, raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only all this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be all people most to be pitied. So what he's saying there is that resurrection is crucial. Is that if resurrection didn't happen, what we're teaching, what we're learning, what we're processing here is is false. He's saying resurrection matters. And the resurrection of Jesus changes everything, both then and now. Now, Paul continues to teach in a great way on resurrection. And I encourage you later, if you so desire, to to read the rest of this passage. But I'm going to have us fast forward to verse 51. And he starts to frame and wrap up some of his thoughts about resurrection. 
And he says this, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that was written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. So real quick summary for those of you that zoned out with a second word, is that basically what it was, is he's saying that you can't just be like this and then experience eternal life. Is that something needs to happen, something needs to change. The imperishable, what is mortal, what is is slowly dying and decaying, needs a transformation that takes place. And that transformation comes from Jesus. And that transformation is seeing death in a different way. So as he said there, he said, death has been swallowed up in victory. And the victory is Jesus's death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus breaks the power of death. Because so many people who Paul's writing to are just saying, like, we live this life, get as much pleasure out of this body and this life that you can, and then you just die and you're gone. Paul's saying, no, 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 there's more. Resurrection happened and resurrection happens. He's saying we will be changed because of what Jesus did. And I love how Paul taunts death. He's saying death is not this thing to be afraid of. We're gonna all experience it, but if we know Jesus, something is different. Verse 55, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So victory came on the cross and victory came through the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law by his righteousness and his sinlessness. These were the requirements to overcome death and Jesus did it. Jesus had taken what was perishable and dishonorable and weak and natural and mortal, our earthly selves, because of his death and his resurrection and transformed those that know Jesus Christ into imperishable, glorious, powerful, spiritual, immortal, and heavenly beings, Scripture teaches us. And because of this transformation, because of death and resurrection, verse 58, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't think that this is all there is. There's so much more, so much more. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the Lord, the work that he did on the cross and resurrection. And so it gives us a greater purpose in life. I think we can very easily just be like, well, I prayed a prayer to receive Jesus, to confess my sins. I prayed the sinner's prayer. Take me home, Jesus. All right, um, I'm ready. I'll pray. Sing some songs. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last 10 seconds probably felt like a long time right there, right? 
I mean, I received Christ when I was like five years old. I prayed that prayer. And if I had just stopped there as a five-year-old, being like, all right, Jesus. Almost 40 years later now, I'd be like, all right, Jesus. But scripture teaches us, Paul teaches us in this passage that resurrection matters. Jesus did a work. There's gonna be this resurrection we're gonna experience. But now, verse 58, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So what you do matters. What you do now, you're working for the Lord. Not for the Lord, I just misspoke. What you're doing now, you're working in the Lord. See how easy it is to slip back into that? Don't work for the Lord, we work in the Lord. Because we are in Christ, it's a positional statement. So often we're tempted to step outside of that Christ and be like, I'm gonna work for you, Jesus. I'm gonna make you happy. She's like, nope, you're in me. I'm in you. I think of the words that Jesus said on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 30. I think of Jesus who labored for the Father. I think of Jesus who labored for all of humanity. On the cross, he said, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. Now we can spend weeks talking about this. What he meant by it is finished and the significance of this. I think Jesus realized that the work, the labor that God had sent him to do to accomplish, he finished it on the cross. He says he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. And God continued. After Jesus had completed what the Father had sent him to do, after every sin had been paid for, every evil deed judged, the full and total price of our redemption purchased at the cross, the Father God raised him from the dead so that we could know eternal life, that we could experience that too. Jesus took all our sins on the cross, but as Paul's teaching, Jesus was resurrected. We too, there's a resurrection, a change, an eternity. See, until then, until that day comes, we're called to labor in the Lord, knowing that it is Jesus that we're serving. You will be tempted to forget this, to ignore this, but we labor in Jesus, in the Lord. And we're reminded of the, the why in this as we move to a common table today to communion, to the Lord's Supper. This is where we meet God and we're reminded of the work that Jesus did. That we don't have to earn our salvation. That it's a gift because of what Jesus did. It's where we meet God, it's where we meet others. And we hear Jesus's invitation in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest like everyone that has been working and laboring so hard. Just come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here at FBC, we have open communion, which simply means if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to take. You're welcome to be reminded to enter into this time. Now, the Bible clearly teaches us that we're to examine ourselves for sin 
before we receive. And so I want to tell you today, <clears throat> tell you today is that if you have sin in your life and you're just actively pursuing sin, living in sin, um, if you are unsure of your faith in Jesus Christ, Scripture calls us not to eat or drink into judgment upon ourselves. And I remember growing up at Three Rivers Bible Church, hearing that phrase every time we take the Lord's Supper of like, I don't want judgment upon myself. And I just remember sitting there, especially in the balcony there at the church going like, all right, God, what is every sin? What is every sin? What is it? But the point is, is to be in right relationship with God, for God to know our heart, for us to know his. And so in just a moment, we're gonna, I'm gonna lead you through receiving the Lord's Supper. Uh, I wanna invite you to do two things. Is One, if you've not picked up the elements, you're welcome to do so. And then I also want us to pause, invite you to pause um, and just confess, pray, uh, whatever it may be, and then I'll lead us through a time. So would you take a few minutes here? Lord, you've heard our prayers, you've heard our confessions. And Lord, I thank you that you are a forgiving God who washes us just white as snow, who cleanses us. God, you're a God who desires relationship. And Lord, I thank you for the gift of the Lord's Supper. Thank you, Jesus, as you ate with your disciples, you gave thanks. And so, Lord, we give thanks today for the opportunity you allow us to gather, to know you, Lord, to walk in your ways. Lord, to be reminded of the work Jesus did on the cross, and Lord, the work that he did through resurrection as well. Thank you that Jesus took bread and a cup and, and instituted uh, this reminder, this meal, So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you continue to give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, an understanding of who Jesus is. Lord, what Jesus did for us. And help us to better understand the, the depth of the work of the cross and resurrection. And so as we take these elements, we remember as Scripture tells us that, for I received from the Lord what was also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us remember as we take.
Scripture records in the same way. He also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us remember the Lord together as we take of the cup. And I invite you to pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for this bread, this cup. Lord, may it be the reminder of the depth of your love, the reminder of who we are, Lord, of whose we are. I thank you for sending Jesus to save us. God, I thank you for for the work of Jesus on the cross that gives us new life, eternal life. Lord, your word calls us to trust, to believe in you, to confess our sins and be saved. And so if there's anyone here that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you today, just saying this is the beginning, just wanna start here, wanna start to know Jesus. Maybe you'd begin with something like this is Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I need you. Lord, help me to understand the depth of my sin. But God, here today I confess my understanding of my sin, the sin that I've committed. Lord, I ask that you would just cleanse me. Lord, today... God, I desire to know you, to walk with you, to be your disciple. And so, Lord, today I commit my life to you. Lord, help me. And Father, for each one of us here today, Lord, I pray that we would be reminded of our salvation, our faith in Jesus, the trust we have in you and the dependence we have on you. And so, Lord, may we walk faithfully, may we work faithfully, may we labor faithfully for you, God, in a response to the resurrection, knowing that we are in you, that is why we labor. We're in you, that's why we work. And so, God, we love you, we praise you, we pray all these things in your precious name, amen. 